0: Hello friends, welcome in to episode number 24 of the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame podcast. I'm Chad Noonan. Very exciting episode. We're doing the same thing where we have two guests, but it's one interview. Yes, a combined interview, a double header interview of two Canadian comedy stars. It's gonna be very, very exciting. Let me break it down for you. Here's what you need to know. The Hart House Theater. This weekend, May 25th to the 27th, is presenting a very special show called Wayne and Schuster Live. It's a limited engagement. It's presented by the Bygone Theater and it's directed by the amazing Paul Bates. Paul is a uh, Second City alum. He was on shows like Dan for Mayor on CBC and The Ron James Show, and he is directing this amazing program. And I'm very, very excited that he came on and, and talked to me a little bit about the show, what went into putting this stage show of such Canadian icons like Wayne and Schuster. Paul is joined by Aurora Brown. Now, you know Aurora from the Baroness Von Sketch Show, which ran for five seasons. She also has a recurring role on Run the Burbs. Baroness Von Sch- Sketch, she was a producer, she was a creator, she was a star of the show. She is Canadian comedy royalty. And and a bunch of other great performers are going to be part of this Wayne and Schuster live. It's going to be amazing. Like I said, it's May 25th to the 27th at the Hart House Theatre in Toronto. All-star cl- cast, including Aurora Brown, directed by Paul Gates. If you want tickets to this show, first listen to the interview and then head over to bygonetheatre.com. That's bygonetheatre.com. They will have your tickets, all the info you need for the shows and this limited engagement you don't want to miss. You also don't want to miss this interview. It's very, very interesting how they put this show together uh, the respect and reverence they have for Wayne and Schuster, and what this pro- show means to the families of Wayne and Schuster. So, give it up. Hope you enjoy my interview with Aurora Brown and Paul Bates on the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame podcast.
1: It's great. It's um, uh, they're they were hanging lights today, and tonight we're doing our q to q technical stuff, and i was just going over my lines, and uh, I'm excited to do the show. It's a really fun kind of performance to do, you know? Like there's song and dance and there's these silly scenes and you know, lots of running around in costumes and and it's 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 a lot of fun to do.
0: Um I was going back and watching a lot of Wayne and Schuster for the past week just like, you know, prepping and and we've been uh, advertising the show on our on our social medias. Um yeah, they were they were silly. Like it's a, it's a ton of fun. You could see how like everything they do is just super fun.
1: Yeah. Wow. And it was, it was cool to go and watch it again because I was, I'm old enough that I watched it when I was a little kid. Cause you know, my parents mm-hmm. watched it and I loved it then. And I, I, you know, I remember all the songs and the dance. it was really cool to watch it again and just realize like how funny those guys are, you know, like even if the material is, you know, s- slightly dated in some ways and there's like a ton of psychiatry references, like that was just <laughs> an obsession I think of, of comedy in the middle of the last century.
0: <laughs> um, there there was the whole psychiatry cowboy i want to say or like we're doing that we're doing that okay.
1: where yeah. i'm a shrink um there's a part in another scene where uh somebody else starts to reference psychiatry uh they love caesar they love the classics it, but it was really cool just like no matter what they're doing like they're funny guys and they're yeah. They're really great with the camera. Like, you know, they're really warm and they're really fantastic performers as we're doing the songs, especially, you know, they have this really casual way about them. You know, sometimes they're they're talk singing, but they're so precise with it. And um, it's a really fun mode of performance to be in, you know, because like modern sketches, like, really you know internal and you know like Mm -hmm. psychological and quirky and and this is just that like warm sunny like judy garland you know let's put on a show kind of feeling
0: yeah it's very much like those old well like i I, a lot of the clips i watch are from like the ed sullivan show and it's very like that old talk show and i'm like obsessed with those old talk shows. Like, I'm obsessed yeah. with Johnny Carson and obsessed yeah. with all of that stuff. So, that's always, they had the most appearances I read on Ed. Uh, yeah. Ever, I anyone, just, which is-
1: yeah, I just yeah. learned that fact doing this show. And then I think it was Bates, Paul Bates, or somebody was t- sharing us the story that Eartha Kitt asked them backstage, like, what do you have on Ed? Because not only were they on so many times, but he always let them go on for like the length of their sketches, which is like 15 minutes sometimes. Right. And everybody else he kept to like three minutes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I was, I, I was reading that, that they signed like a contract with him mm. for $7,500 an episode, which was huge. Like oh,
2: yeah. that's yeah. big
0: money. Like, and uh, they were allowed to do um, over 12 minutes segments, yeah. which yeah. is like, was unheard of. I mean it and isn't wonder, like, now.
1: Did like did they haul all their props down there? You know, like because they yeah, were just, oh, it was like looking at like a network sitcom, some of those scenes, you know, and like everything set up for something to break in half, you know, for one gag. And um, just awesome.
0: It's funny because like the late night talk shows now, they wouldn't that wouldn't happen. We're like just outside no. performers just come in and do their sketch piece and then and then leave. Like it's always like Fallon is part of it. You know, it's, uh, yeah, they're not just doing their, yeah, it was like a whole variety thing.
1: I mean, Um, I I guess when vaudeville was only, you know, recently in the rearview mirror of the culture, like there's just that, that frame of reference of things for that more, I guess. Mm. Um, you know, and everybody had loving that warm, you know, feeling of hilarity around the hearth of the television.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the, it was like everybody would huddle around the radio. And now they were just getting used to like huddling around the the TV, right? That generation. 100%, 100%. Um, how did this project get started? Like where was the um, impetus of, of this product? Like I know uh, Wayne and Schuster, they were uh, inducted into the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame recently last year. And I feel like they got a little buzz from that. So uh, I'm kind of just curious on on where this came from.
2: Uh, so, a few years ago, my understanding is that the descendants, the children of Wayne and mm-hmm. Schuster, all reached out to uh, the theater company, Bygone Theater, because they were kind of looking for somebody to uh, to kind of revive the material of their you know, respective parents and uh, or fathers. And uh, 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 Bygone Theater's mandate is to kind of perform uh old stuff like uh you know from around the 40s and 50s i think it's probably uh about 100 sure but yeah but their mandate is kind of like uh, you know true to their name from a bygone era um and uh uh and that was a couple of years ago but they reached out to me if you know maybe uh the beginning of this year uh asking if i would be interested in helping them assemble the uh the actual show the sketch show and so that's when I came on board to uh, to a mountain of uh, Wayne and Schuster footage and scripts.
0: <laughs> that must have been fun to go through that footage and scri- scripts, though.
2: Yeah, I uh, I said this in another interview. I, uh, I'm pretty sure I've watched more Wayne and Schuster in the last couple of months than anyone else on the planet. <laughs> uh, hours, hours and hours of Wayne and Schuster.
0: Uh, Aurora, how did you get involved in the project?
1: Paul just called me up and said, do you want to be part of the show? We've been friends for a long time. We worked together at the Second City and we actually went to school together even before that. Um, And we have a great time performing together. So he knew that I was unemployed and uh, got in touch with me and said, would you like to be part of it? And uh, my childhood reached up and said, absolutely, I would love to do this show. So we've been rehearsing it for the last three weeks.
0: Paul, want going through
2: th- weeks, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Going yeah, through all that um, footage. Uh, what? How did you narrow it down to? Uh, I assume like ninety-minute, two-hour show. Um, which sketches you were going to select? What was that process like?
2: It's interesting. Um, uh, the first thing I realized is how visual Wayne and Schuster were. Um, they're kind of pioneers in TV comedy right they they went, they were doing radio when TV became a thing and so it's not like they just transferred the radio act over to TV they they built as much as they could and they used the camera as much as they could and so there were so many sight gags that were built around you know camera reveals or elaborate sets uh, and so that that ruled out a lot of stuff for example there is uh, a a great sketch that is sort of based on a, a somewhat like a a piece of a literary work that's kind of fallen out of people's reference levels called uh, the scarlet Pipperdale and uh, wayne and schuster did a number called uh the brown pumpernickel which was 99 percent rye bread sight gags and <laughs> it's hilarious there's like the, the, the number of times and ways in which they reveal a nickel is uh, it doesn't stop being funny and it culminates in somebody being uh, opening a door and being uh, uh, like just buried in an avalanche of pumpernickels uh, and uh, if I could have staged that I would have um, so there was a lot of stuff that we had to rule out just for just for the the uh, uh, just based on that's a TV sketch, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, uh, so we took um, we took the sketches that were more based on uh, on wit and charm uh, and just the jokes uh, than than the ones that were very very visual gag heavy. Um, it's not to say it's not a physical show. There's a lot of fun physicality in the show. But uh, but we we kind of relied on uh, on on a lot of the uh, a lot of the old classic radio bits like rinse the blood off my toga Shakespeare baseball uh, and then some real like lesser known stuff uh, uh, that uh, uh, that I had never even heard before that we uh, that we kind of pulled as well so um, yeah that was uh, that was most of the process of narrowing it down to a uh, sketch show.
0: Uh, Aurora, before we we started, we were talking about the different style of sketch, and and of course, like your Baroness von Sketch was was a great show on, on CBC. Where do you think Sketch in Canada would be without Wayne and Schuster?
1: Oh well, it's it was you know, it was kind of when I was watching all the sketches, I was thinking you know how they were in a way like there there's a bit of a DNA of of Monty Python in there, you know, in their their way they they dip into um the classics, into literature. I think that they brought an incredible showmanship to Canadian comedy that you know, like it was this, you know, the standard for evening television for a long time. And I'm pretty sure that the CSA Comedy Awards are structured the way they are because of them. You know, like there's the comedy awards for the narrative comedies, but there's sketch and variety. And it's, I think it's, it's because really, you know, like shows like theirs, like they just were a juggernaut of entertainment. And, you know, I was like four when I was watching them and, you know, here I am in 2023, you know, doing sketch, but like that kind of showmanship and that kind of just delight in a gag and warmth with the audience, you know, that's all there as part of the, 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 the background of Canadian sketch comedy. I mean, all sketch comedy, they were just so good. They were really world-class. Like it, it, they they were as talented as anybody out there in the, you know, in the Rat Pack or, uh, you know on Broadway or the West End. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, you gotta keep people laughing and they've, they were doing it for a very long time. So I'm happy to be, very happy to be sitting and swimming around in their material, that's for sure.
0: Uh, Paul, you mentioned the family kind of reached out to the theater looking for somebody to to revive this. Um, How involved has the family been throughout the whole process? Or were they kind of like, go make us proud, go go run with this? Um, What has been there? uh, Rosie Schuster was an SNL writer and uh, a Canadian legend kind of in her own right. So I'm really curious in in her involvement throughout.
2: Yeah, uh, uh, Johnny's kids are kind of like just make something we can bring our grandkids to. And uh, and Rosie's kind of like, when do you want me at rehearsals so I can give you notes? Um, so uh, <laughs> she hasn't showed up yet, but I, I, I'm expecting to see her on the dress rehearsal. So, uh, I don't know which to... one
0: of those has more has more pressure. Like, make something my grandkids are proud of, or I'm going to be there at rehearsal. There's a lot of pressure in both those statements. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, that's right. That's a lot of that's a lot of uh, that's a lot of boxes to tick off. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, so we're we're aiming to do both. You've Got to make Rosie happy first, and then make the children happy, the grandkids, however old they are. I mean, they're probably older than me still. I don't know, um, but uh, uh, yeah, that's. Uh, uh, so there, there, there is a bit of a mix. They're happy it's happening. And of course, I don't know, when you're a comedy writer, I think it's kind of hard to turn off, you know, like, uh, mm. like Rosie, Rosie probably cares as much about the jokes uh, and how they're, how they're being handled and executed as well as we do. So it, it'll be nice to have her input.
1: I welcome it. Uh, I welcome her feedback to yes. sharpen, sharpen me upon the altar of comedy.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, it would be amazing just hearing from somebody like that, you know, who uh-huh. was there from you know the start of SNL. Um, yeah, totally. It, it's amazing to me how the the world has changed. Like uh, Wayne Schuster, they went in World War II. They went as the entertainment unit um, o- overseas, um, and and that's just so so wild to me that they would send the entertainment units over over to the troops. I mean, we still do this in in some respect, but not like that. Um, and then going back and watching this, how much of their stuff holds up? Uh, Aurora, when you're when you're going through the material and uh, you're rehearsing it, how, do you do you feel like this material is holding up um, all these years later?
1: 100 percent. It's it's a real vehicle for, like Paul said, for you know for the charm and funniness of the performers, and it's got this real winking kind of you know I can't believe we're making this dumb a pun kind of quality to it sometimes, mm-hmm. which is a lot of fun. And it's, it's got a real warmth to it. It's got the warmth that their, their show had, you know, it had that warm applause and the warm golden light of the show lights and, and their relationship to the camera and to the, to the audience, you know, it's kind of like living out my fantasy of being able to be Judy Garland at some point and like just being Mm -hmm. able to do all the fun songs and, and have such a great time with all the other talented people in the cast. Um, I do want to say I do know people they do send people over to entertain the troops. I've had uh, comedian friends who've gone over. I know that they send like cheerleaders over and, and you know, a lot of stand ups because stand ups can do their act anywhere in the field. All they need yeah. is like not even a microphone. Uh, I- all I know is, though, they can't tell me where they've been because it was classified.
0: Right.
2: Yeah. My wife went. My wife went to do improv for the troops back like 20 years ago, but um but these guys, Wayne and Schuster, enlisted, I think. I think they, they were enlisted.
0: enlisted. They were enlisted as entertainment troops, yeah. basically. They <laughs> were, yeah.
2: Which I think is really cool. Uh, and, and it kind of speaks of, of course, a different mindset back then. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like, well, uh, uh, we've declared war. We've got to do our part. And our part is going off to entertain the troops. It's fantastic. They didn't have to do that. and And then they met some of their... You know, the other acts they met on that tour became comedians that they used in their in their stock of character actors for the rest of their careers. Yeah, which I it, thought it's was am- very cool as well. It's a, it's amazing. I have, yeah. yeah,
1: I would love to be given a gun every time I have to do a show. That would be. <laughs> I think my comedy would be better, frankly. It, ah,
0: especially ah, if you have ah, a heckler ah, or something, it would yeah. definitely. Yeah, yeah
2: like go hundred yards, yeah, that way, get <laughs> Kept running. You yep, do like it. Got to watch out for the landmines,
0: though. <laughs> yeah. Comedy was different then. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, preserving the legacy of comedy. That's what the Hall of Fame is all about, um, who who I work for. Um, I feel like that sentiment also rings true with the bygone theater. How important was it, both of you going through this process, is kind of educating or re educating the public on Wayne and Schuster?
2: Hmm. Um, there's uh, you know, it, it, that's that's a good question. Um, because as we've done this show, it's it's there's kind of been a a need to to consider two different audiences: the audience that remembers them uh, and have come back to watch, and gonna a little be be nostalgic. I remember this act. I can't wait to watch their stuff. And then there's uh, and then we still have to make a show that assumes nobody knows who they are. Um, and, and after a, uh, there's a certain generational line that Aurora and I have kind of noticed. There seems to be an age after which uh, people don't remember. It's it's so strange because b- a- a- ahead of that line, everyone remembers them very clearly and fondly. And then afterwards it's kind of like, oh, they, it must've been when they went off the air. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, uh, And so we've taken, you know, it's a very, Joke forward show. so the term I've been using all rehearsal process to uh, to make sure it's mostly just laughs and, and entertainments. Uh, but we've also tried to establish some context, uh, you know, uh, with regards to uh, who they were, and why we love them, and, and so the story about the army show is in there, and the story about being on Ed Sullivan more than any other act uh, ever is is in there. Um, and so we're trying, without without being too biographical, uh, to just keep that ball in the air and just establish some context uh, for uh, you know for for the grandchildren mostly. We've kind
1: of sketch where we're basically doing it as if it's a radio play, you know, where we have sound effects and you know people standing around with the with the uh, with their scripts just to kind of give that whole picture. And it, it it has been a really interesting thing, you know, because it's always the question like can comedy out of its time still be funny to people in a different context? You know, it's a little thought experiment. And Mm -hmm. sometimes it's just realizing like, oh, you know, like some things are always going to be funny. Some kind of, you know, there's a human funniness, you know, that can shine through no matter what. Sometimes you have to adjust a reference, not necessarily update the whole joke of the whole thing, you know, like that's still intact, but like, you know, substitute a modern name for a, for one that the audience wouldn't know. But I, I think that it's also really, you know, realizing that, that people have always needed laughs, that, that, you know, dismissing like, oh, old timey stuff is, um, something I've certainly been guilty of, you know, like when you're going, if you're like, I don't want to watch my parents' comedy, you know, and, um, so it's really interesting to kind of time travel, you know, like plop yourself back in and go like, oh, these people are having a great time and we can have a great time too.
2: Yeah. Or so, yeah it's a, sorry, go ahead. I was Paul. Just gonna say, it's, it's just, it's a nice reminder that, that good comedy, solid comedy can hold up.
0: It's uh, I saw a quote there from, from Brian Wayne, um, who, who said that, you know, his main thing is, is, kind of educating the youth and younger people about about his father's legacy. I don't know if he felt like it was getting lost um, along the way or something. Um, but that's kind of where where he was coming from in a recent interview that he did. Um, what have you uh, what have you for both of you what have you learned most about working on this project? What What's one thing, uh, one item of learning that you're gonna you're gonna walk away with? Um, kind of at the end of the weekend when this is when this is all over. Oh
2: man.
1: But I should be singing more regularly because your voice gets really weak as you get older and you have to work <laughs> at it. <laughs> saying, it's all I was saying earlier, like they're so, you know, they're so uh they sound so casual often when they're doing the songs, but they're actually so precise and they're like really, mm-hmm. you know, even when they're talk singing, they're exactly together, they're great at harmonies. And uh, uh, I had to realize I hadn't, been, I hadn't been keeping up with my scales. It's a shame.
0: They were definitely uh, the, the complete showmen, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So you gotta. You gotta. You gotta. You know, knuckle down to keep up with them.
2: Um, and just, just as a point of clarification, Aurora is knocking it out of the park. <laughs> Thank God for Aurora Brown. She's so good. It's amazing. Like her bad day is still filling the space with melody and harmony. It's amazing. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, for me, I mean, uh, it's just been an education. In you know, my his my my kind of process, like like I think even when they hired me, it's just like it was based off of my experience directing sketch that is new you know i don't i don't really grab you know uh uh old texts and adapt it for the stage i uh i work with comedians some of them are sometimes experienced comedians sometimes still learning and doing kind of like student shows or whatever and uh and and help them kind of like shape their their material and hone it and then find a way to present it in an engaging way for the audience and so this has been an education taking existing material, uh, I, I, making necessary adaptations for the stage, which is, you know, like taking radio stuff and TV stuff and making it work in a theatrical setting, screwing with it as little as possible, right? Like trying to keep its integrity and structure. Uh, and then seeing what happens when you give it to a completely different set of comedians. And so, I mean, what have I learned? I guess, I guess that, that strong uh, comedy, uh, it doesn't need to be comedian-specific, that uh, uh, if you've got a really tight script and you hand you put it in the hands of solid comedians, they're gonna find a way to make it funny in a way that is familiar, but also completely fresh and new because it's coming through uh, a brand new comedic voice.
0: Uh, Aurora and Paul, thanks so much for taking the time and, and speaking with me today. I really appreciate it. Uh, good luck this weekend. Uh, for people that want tickets, it's Bygone Theater dot uh, com. It runs May twenty fifth, twenty sixth, twenty seventh. Uh, like I said, good luck and and make those grandchildren uh, proud.
2: Thank Hopefully. you. We will do our best. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Chad.
0: Thanks so much to Paul and Aurora for coming on. Much, much appreciate it. Very excited for the show. Once again, bygonetheatre.com to get tickets. There's also a link on the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame social media page uh, where you can follow it to go straight to get tickets for this weekend. It's a limited engagement show, Wayne and Schuster Live. You don't want to miss it. The cast is amazing. Paul is amazing. As you can tell from that interview, he's put so much work into just curating the perfect show for the grandkids, of course. Thanks again for joining us. We got another episode coming up next week. So stay tuned for the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame podcast. I'm Chad Noonan.